Bible study class, I want to encourage you. Next week, we're going to begin a, a series uh, called, I think, okay? We're, I don't know about the name for sure, but I'm going to call it this right now, Embracing Grace. And, and what I want to do for a few weeks is I want to introduce you to biblical grace, okay? Most of us have grown up on biblical law, okay? And, and that's just, that's the natural direction that, that, that people are drawn to, okay? We're drawn to law because if I keep the rules, I know I'm okay. Except Jesus didn't die for us to keep the law. Jesus kept the law and he gave us grace. And if you know someone, okay, and this is, this is and, and, and all of us do, but if you know someone who's been hurt in church because of, of rules and regulations and, 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 and they just got hurt and they got wounded, this is a series I think God's going to use to set people free. I know he's going to set us free in, in, a, in, a, in a different way and maybe in a, a, a new way. We're just going to learn what grace is, okay? Grace is unbelievable if you hadn't experienced it, okay? It's freedom, genuine freedom, okay? The law showed us what sin was. Grace is God's house, okay? Yesterday, I, I was, uh, Kathy and I went to see our daughter and uh, our granddaughter, and uh my granddaughter, she's six years old. She's wide open. She wants to sword fight, wrestle, play with Play-Doh. It's two minutes every activity. And there's a place where I give out, and I gave out. I just sat out on the couch. And, and Kathy went to do something with Amber. And Audrey, you know, she crawled up in my lap. And, and for, I mean, she just wanted me to hold her, basically. And folks, that's what grace is. When we wear ourselves out, God just takes us in his arms and holds us. That's grace. That's a picture. And God just showed me that picture yesterday, and I thought, that's what I'm going to call it, embracing grace. So I want to encourage you, if you know someone that's been hurt, invite them to come. There's no strings attached here, okay? I mean, you know, you're free to come. You're free to go. It's like the wind here somewhat. We're not trying to lock the doors and keep you in, but we want to see God set people free. And when God sets someone free, they get plugged in, okay? And if you're in bondage, you've got ten friends that are in bondage too. If you get free, guess what? Your friends will come. Now, we're going to shift gears, okay? This morning, we're going we're gonna, to, I say we, and it, it is, it, this is going to be a partnership uh, kind of sermon this morning. We're going to talk about missional living, and we're going to introduce something this morning uh, you've heard me say this, and but I want you to hear me say it again. At Eagles Wing, we don't do mission trips. Okay, we don't do mission work. God's called us to live missionally. That is, He's called us to live a lifestyle that that exudes missions. It's it's like breathing. We're on mission. Okay, we don't go and do missions. We are moment by moment, twenty four seven, on a mission. We're, 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 we're continuing the mission 
that Jesus came. He didn't come on a mission trip, folks. He was a missional God, and he is a missional God. And so one of the things that we want to do today is we want to, we want to talk about that. And, and we don't want to just talk about it. Sometimes when I preach, you know, I, I share things, and I don't always give you ways to do it. Well, we're going to give you some ways to do what we're going to talk about today. And I've asked Roger. He's going to help me, and he's going to start out, and I'm going to finish up. And I, I just want to ask you to listen, okay? Don't, don't, don't put your defense systems up. Uh, don't say, I can't, because all of us can Okay, we can do what God's called us to do. We can do what we can do. All right, every one of us. Amen. Okay, Roger. Good morning. It is a good morning. I got to first figure out how I'm not going to trip. You got this dog. This dog's on a short leash this morning. I'll tell you. Um, Guys, this has been a long time coming. He, he said, are you ready? I've been ready for about the last 20 years, okay? Really, this is, this is a journey that God has taken me on and finally given me an opportunity to at least express uh, what he's been saying to me uh, in this process. And, and just so you'll, just to grasp how close God is involved in all of this, the song he sang was almost two years ago. It was actually sang when we were in transition to come here. We were in the uh, Fultondale, whatever it was, their their council meeting place was the first time that he shared that. Uh, it came back to life for those who were meeting on um, Sunday. When we did the, uh, the study on worship back in the fall, uh, it came back around. And as a matter of fact, you're going to see this song again, and it's a, it's a video. It's actually Matt Redmond's song, and but it's a video that shows, and I wanted to do it because it gives an image of what the song is talking about. So that's where we're going to start. Uh, it is called Mission's Flame. It's going to be about the length of time that we just sang, and I know that's it, but hey, now, you get it, now you've heard it, you can go ahead, the words are there, go ahead and sing along with it. But I want you to catch a glimpse of the visual of what Matt was talking about uh, when he when he started this song. So, Connie, are you ready? All right, we'll do that, and then I'll come back and share some more. Churches, whether they know it or not, have a theme song. I'm really hoping that becomes ours. That's prejudice on my part, but I still do. Uh, because it, it really says a message. I hope, and one of the reasons I want you to see the visual, there is no difference between the worship part and the mixing concrete on the ground part. Both of them are worship. Unfortunately, the church has lost that concept as a whole, okay? Jeff, come on, brother. And uh, I w wasn't planning on doing this. I had a plan. I still got a plan, and we're going to follow through on, on most of it. But I could just see God was in the midst of this. Uh, when Jeff shared these verses, because he and I spent some time together Friday afternoon, and he, he didn't mention any of this, but uh, it's the Isaiah passage again. Verse, I'm going to let you just read the verse. And the Isaiah 29, 13. My people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is made up of commandments made by man. God is basically chastising not for worshiping, 
but that their worship carried no power into their other aspects of life. And we all are a, an assortment. There are different parts, different places. Sometimes we compartmentalize and we make church, church, and our daily activities, our daily activities. But that's not, that's not the Hebrew concept. That's not God's concept. God's concept is for it all to be intertwined together and that the reality of him and what he did through Jesus Christ bear witness through all the other compartments of our life. Um, I have spent the last, I guess, almost eight years now pouring through Acts. And I'm not the only one, but uh, as I as I looked at what Acts had, what what Luke's recorded. Now these are events; these are actual events that are recorded. It didn't follow with what we see day to day, and generally in most churches today. I'll say that I want to be real clear about that. Most churches today, and so I I really, I really God, what is the difference? One of them, and Nelson has talked about several times, is that we don't believe he acts that way. Still. Now, he did that. We don't doubt that he did that and that that was a part of their life. We believe that his word is true. But then when it comes to 28, the last chapter, then it's all supposed to have stopped. Now, there is a period at the end of the sentence, but if you look at the way it's titled, it says the acts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, if the Holy Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like the Father is, then why would those acts stop? It's just that Luke got old and quit recording, okay? There is a, a fact of that. But there is a beautiful picture. Uh, in the book of Acts, it's chapter 2. Uh, we're going to read it, uh, and I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to go back and just look at it verse by verse. I promise I'm not going to be real long, okay? But uh, I do think that we need to look at this picture before I introduce this. But uh, And y'all pray for me. I got excited. I got up this morning, and I was reading through this again, and my eyes were in real good shape, for you know, and mine kind of come and go. And I, I read through this, and it was looking good, and I thought, God, thank you for, for my eyesight today. And I got so excited I didn't bring any glasses. But uh, it's okay. I think if I stand in the right place, we're going to be all right. So far, he's blessed me. Uh, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And most, of, most Bibles will title it, uh, Practices of the Early Church. And I'm reading out the New King James, and I think that's, yeah, this is what she's going to have up here. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came on every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed and were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods, and they divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, 
They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. God bless his word. But I want us to look just a moment and kind of look between. Often we read all parts of Scripture without thinking, as as Jeff mentioned as we started this morning, of, of the context and what's going on in kind of between the lines. So I, I hope I can give you a little bit of a picture of what's taking place here. At first it starts out, the, new, the church has just been born. Holy Spirit's just descended. That's, we all know what's right in front of this. But it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and the breaking of bread. Here's the way. They received the teaching that they needed. The apostles, the disciples, the twelve were sharing what they had learned from Jesus. They spent time in prayer. And it's at the end of the verse, but it was a part. If you look at the, uh, the New Testament church, prayer was a central focus of everything that they did any time that they gathered. So they... They received teaching. They prayed. And then they intertwined themselves together. And here's the picture for me. This hand's pretty strong because I am right-handed. This one is a little better. This one, when you do this, you can carry three times the weight that you could with two hands, okay? And that's what I, as I say, intertwined together. They became so close to each other as a body of believers that it gave strength. Uh, we understand, you know, that when the centrifugal parts of things as we gather together, but they were intertwined, interlocked so closely that you couldn't pull them apart. And so God used them in that process. Verse 43, and here's one we could, and fear came upon every soul. Reverence became a mark of all the believers. The Sanhedrin, not so much, because you go on in chapter 3 and you find Peter and John are in a big bunch of trouble and told to shut up. But reverence became a mark of all believers. And out of that reverence, things begin to happen. They're listed here. And there are many, but I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Wonders, to me, wonders are the jaw-dropping divine appointments that God creates. Most of us, or at least I hope most of us, have it at some point encountered. But here's an, here's an example. If you go into Acts chapter 8 with Philip, he's preaching and having a great revival up in the northern part of the country. But God sends him to Gaza, or the road that goes to Gaza, to encounter a eunuch. He planned to Philip didn't know where he was going. The eunuch didn't know who he was going to meet, but God put them together. I'm going to give you an example here in a little while of that happening again that is just as real as that event was. So God continues to do this. But then there are signs, supernatural occurrences that can't be explained as Nelson is talking supernatural work of God and you have to go no further than the next verse matter of fact uh, when you move into chapter 3 following this passage 
Peter and John are headed to the temple. The guy's been crippled forever. But he's healed. Okay. That's what I've talked about. Listen, Jesus walked by this fellow too. But when God was ready and when this fellow's heart was ready, when his faith was ready, God did a miraculous work. And I still think we can see miraculous works when we are in reverence of all that he is and then he begins to intertwine us with those who have a need. They gave themselves, starting in 44, and I'm going to do 44 and 45 together. They gave themselves, uh, well, let me go back and read uh, this. Now, all who believed were together and had all things in common. And listen, we're not going to become a communist church, okay? Just want to dispel that. That's not what we're talking about. And that's not what this is talking about either, if you'll study it closely. But they sold their possessions and goods, and they divided among all as anyone had a need. Now, they gave themselves and what they had to ministry. I want you to know they gave themselves and what they had to ministry. When they saw opportunities, whether it was spiritual, whether it was physical, whether it was emotional, whatever way that we can be encountered in and any time we can have a need in when they saw it they met that need now that just no wait a minute no wait a minute no when they saw a need they met it they didn't they didn't call together the whole congregation they didn't put together a committee to study it they didn't form uh, a group a special interest group or any other. That, listen, when they saw me, they met. If they couldn't meet it personally, then they found somebody else that could. Verse forty-six. So continually, or and continuing daily with one accord, and notice that that harmony. He said it in verse one in fellowship, and in forty-four he says it's uh, we're together. And he says it's a little different as, as Luke really loves to say it. In one accord, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and with simplicity of heart. They, continual, they continually studied. They continually learned what God was saying through their leaders. And then they ministered together. And here's the part that church has lost for a whole lot. They found great joy. They realized that when they got outside of themselves and began to reach out to others and to meet the needs of others, that it, it gave them great joy. That is a blessing that God gives to those who are willing to serve and give themselves to him and to others. We have lost that we don't understand. We think that what we can accumulate is going to bring us joy. I think what may really give us joy is what we can give away. And that's com- <coughs> excuse me. That's completely reversed <coughs> from what our society is teaching us today. And then forty-seven. <coughs> I'm sorry. 
They praised, they praised God. They praised God. What did they praise God for? That just what verse 46 he told them. For giving them the opportunity to share what they had. And having found favor with all the people, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. They praised God for a chance to be involved. Let that settle in over the next few days because what I'm going to ask you is going to take a little time. But let that settle in to you. The God of this universe is offering you an opportunity to be involved with Him in touching someone else. We all can do things that give us some temporary pleasure and enjoyment. And, you know, we all have our hobbies, and, and that's fine. That's good. But there are things that we can do on a day that have an eternal impact. How many opportunities do you have that in a day? More coming. And here's the part we kind of read. And all and found favor. People noticed. People noticed. There's something different about these guys. Now there were some that thought they were as weird as weird can get. But there are others that notice there's something to this. Hey, they're giving away stuff and they're enjoying uh, working and, and helping someone else. And they're just as happy as anybody I've ever seen. People took notice. And they will take notice now because it is so different from our world. And then lastly, because of all these things, Jesus was constantly adding to the church. I don't think he was adding to the church because just because they, uh, they worship, but that it was a a total package here. And sometimes we lose that. That's one of the reasons I wanted to show that video is that, again, there is as much of Jesus and shoveling or sweeping is, as my brother said, as there is in lifting our voices. But we get confused about that sometimes. Here's how we're going to approach it in a little different way. Jim. Oh, will you help me a second? Uh, if you would take one of these sheets, and I'm going to kind of walk through some things. And while they're giving them out, <clears throat> I want to explain Um we're going to, for now, describe this as helping hands. And it's a, a chance to return to New Testament principles, okay? Uh, I'd ask that each one, that you wouldn't do this, husband or wife, that each one of you would, would take a sheet for me. But it's a way of following through on what they were doing 100 days after Jesus ascended to heaven. And two years and six years for a long time. You do realize that the early church had no building itself. I mean, we're blessed to have a place and we need a place to meet, but they they didn't meet in buildings. And really, this week I've been thinking about the fact that maybe one of the worst things that could have happened to the church is when they started gathering in a building. 
because then they began to think of the church as a building. Now, I know that I live in a real world. Most of us are thinking now, hey, there's more needs out there than we can fix. Ran out. How many, just how many of you didn't get one? Okay. I'm sorry, Kathy, I messed up. Kathy did this for me. It does a lot of work for me, so I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, some of you who are husband and wives, if you would, just for the present time, and we're going to get some more copies, and we'll get our congregation is larger than I thought it was. That's a very good thing. It is. It is a good thing. But as y'all, if you would, just, like I said, you look through it. Because we're going to have more, and I do need each one of you, and I'll explain why, to uh, to have one that uh, identifies you particularly. But most of us look at the world and get overwhelmed by it. Say, we, we can't fix everything. No, we can't. We can't. But we can impact many for the kingdom's cause. Uh, the story of the, the boy on the beach with a starfish, most of us know that. He, you know, what does it matter? It matters to this one. It, hey, don't. It may, some of us, most of us, have actually at some point had somebody that came alongside and they couldn't fix everything, but they did, they did help us. They did encourage us. They did make a difference. The clearest that I've ever heard the Holy Spirit speak to me said this, do what you can where you're at while you're there. In other words, God's not asking you to do more than you can do. Never has, never will. He's only asking you to do it where you're at. Now, sometimes that may be in Morris, Alabama. Sometimes that may be in Mexico or some other place on the face of this globe. And while you're there, you can't stay in one place forever. But if you keep it that simple, it will never overwhelm you because that's all God is asking. Do what you can, where you're at, while you're there. Most of us look at the problem as too big for me to accomplish, and so we just walk away. But God's saying, chip away at it and see who else follows. And that's what we're going to do. Um, nothing happens if we don't try. If we if we if we make no effort, nothing ever happens. And the days of somebody walking up to these doors and saying, "Hey, I've got this need," it's pretty much over with. It's just not going to happen. We're kidding ourselves if we think that all the situations. I heard a, a quote this week. And a fellow said <clears throat> that most believers are waiting for that great opportunity. When the people who have really made great impacts are those who have taken ordinary opportunities and did a great work in them. Now, that's a pretty big statement right there. 
And that's what most of us are doing, is waiting around for that great opportunity when God just upside the head and then we know. No, he's just he's opening doors if we'll use our eyes to see, then things will begin to happen. Okay. Uh, at some point next week we will have more. Uh and and I'd ask any of you who are willing, and I'm not I'm not arm twisting because God's gotta lead you to this, but if you will, and I wanna walk through uh this form. It's a way of us forming a pool, a network, whatever you want to describe, of ways of touching lives, okay? That's all this is. Uh, but if you would, name yours, preferably. No pseudonyms, no, no nothing else. The best phone number to reach you, and I realize that you may, you know, you may have, go ahead and list House phone, home phone. If you would do me a favor and put the best number to reach you first, okay? I'm going to work through that, but just ways of, of reaching you. And a lot of people would ask, why are you listing occupation? Well, here's a couple of reasons. A is because you come with a, if you can do a job, if you're getting paid for a job, you have a certain set of job skills that are involved in that, or they would quit paying you, okay? You would be unemployed after that. So there is some job skills that come along with what you've done in your life. Now, I'm not, uh, it's not the only, I realize it's not the only thing you do, and I'm going to give you places to put that in, but do list that and training. If there's some kind of technical training that you have, uh, please go ahead and, and list that. Um, and it is a way of networking. Um, and here's here's a, just a concrete example. Uh, I'm going to talk about in a second about maybe our first opportunity. There's a lady that lives near Jeff who's uh, been unemployed for quite a while. House is in disrepair. She's a single mom, uh, you know, with children just trying to make ends meet. House has had to be the last thing in the process, and there's some work that needs to be done at the house. He and I went up uh, Friday afternoon and talked to her a little while so I could kind of look over and assess what, could be done and what needed to be done, that sort of thing. And as we're talking, she mentioned that uh, this Wednesday she got another pink slip, so she is now unemployed again. So if you know some, uh, she was doing uh, medical transcription work. That's what she was doing. So there's an opportunity. If you work in that field, you know somebody that might be looking for somebody, then contact me or Jeff. But that And that's another reason for listing occupations. may ask you sometime, hey, uh, you know anybody in this field that's, that's looking for help? It can be a great help. All right. Other skills, things that you like to do. Well, you know, I work as this, but I like to paint. Or, hey, I, you know, I'm a chip salesman, but I can put flooring down. That's a true statement. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. Uh, but just those types. So that's what I mean with other skills. Hobbies that you have, you know, interest, things that you do. Uh, um, and some of the skills, some of these things will not be asked. Uh, I ask you about doing it. We have an electrician in our congregation. We have a heating and air man in our congregation. We have what? Somebody, a plumber. No, no, I called it Tuesday. He quit that. Boy. 
I asked him Tuesday, did he miss it? And he said, not a bit. But, uh, but true. And in some of these instances, listen, there's just sometimes there's uh, just the need to check something out. You know, and I know most of us that do something for a profession don't want to do it after we get off, but there may be some, some knowledge there. And sometimes it's just a referral. I had a, a single lady tell me, she says, I don't mind paying for it. I just need somebody that won't cheat me. And that's what I want us to develop. I want us to be a resource, literally, where we can keep people from being blindsided and from taking advantage of. That's that's what they're looking for. Some of them need actual help to purchase. Some of them just need to, to feel confident about who they're choosing. And so that's part of that. Under skills, and I didn't list this. The next one may have it on there. I want to list resources. And here's some examples. About two months after the vans joined this congregation, Jimmy came to me and says, Hey, I've got a little tractor and a trailer that I can pull around. If you ever, you know, storm comes through, you ever need some help, you know, I'm available. I logged that. Sure was a help, wasn't it? We called him on that one. And he was a big help to all of us who were overworking it. Uh, Roseanne's it uh it makes a difference well you may have and as David says hey I got a pressure washer now I wasn't expecting a lady to tell me I got a pressure washer but I'm glad she does we may be putting that to use here shortly it's real so if you've got I mean I got that most of us have a hammer or something like that but if you've got some special equipment for whatever reason you know it may not be a part of what your pre- your profession is, but if you've got those things, go ahead and list them. Because if we have to go rent something or we have to buy something in this, then there's a lot of overhead that we can save ourselves if you're willing to to let us use it. Um, and then times you could be available. And I know, listen, guys, I work a 50-hour week most weeks. I understand time. I'm not going to ask you to do every weekend, you know, 20 hours a week. We're not talking about that. But there's going to be opportunities. Some of them are just going to be posted either on our Facebook page or, you know, I'll send out an email to the church to let you know what's going on. And uh, some of us have different and varying times. Uh, Jimmy and, and Penny and, and Ms. Van, they all went, they helped last week and went to South Carolina. You know, they they were in a situation where they could do that. I couldn't. Oh, and we're not going to ask you to do things you can't do, okay? But uh, under this, the time's available. Uh, Willie, I, I let him know. I, I give him a heads up. That I was going. To, he works a rotating schedule. That's why sometimes you see him here on a Sunday morning. Sometimes you don't. He, some, he works weekends, but he's off in the weeks. Well, sometimes it's very, it's the ideal time to get something done is in the middle of the week. And so if you will list times that you're available, then I can say, hey, here's somebody that can meet a need that only can be done at this time. So that's why I'm, I've listed the times of being available. And and you can list the schedule. You know, if, if it's, hey, I can't work but ever so often, that's fine. Just, just list it on there. And then list your email address. And uh, be sure that you do that real clearly. <laughs> I've got to go back and re-log all of these. I've got 
a certain number of you, but there are others to put in there. And I've learned from past experiences, if if I don't read your, your writing, if I don't get that dot in the right place, it makes a huge difference. Uh, speaking from experience. but uh, And then, if you would, down at the bottom, put the best way to reach you. If you would prefer to get email, then just, just mark that on there. Uh Personally, if you're going to call, if you're going to talk to me, or you need to get word to me, use my phone. Okay, it'll go to voicemail. If you don't get me, I will. There are certain times I can't answer it, but uh, that's the best way to reach me. I am getting better about email, but I'm not there yet. Just to be honest with you. All right, but nothing happens if we don't try. I'm going to close, and I, I had hoped to have a picture. Uh, but I want I, I like concrete examples. I mentioned that before we started to a couple of people. I like ways, and that's why I'm saying about, like, the lady's house. In the next week or so, you're going to start getting some email and stuff like that. This the lady that we looked at Friday. It's not a big deal. It'll take one one morning at best to do the the soffit fashion that kind of work may come back later and, and actually paint because she desperately needs it and can't afford it. Uh, it's just a situation that, so we're going to do our best to meet that need and use that as kind of the stepping stone to whatever God leads us to. In a minute, Nelson's going to talk about being missional. All right, here's the thing is it wasn't the disciples who were finding the needs of the congregation. You realize that, right? It was Barnabas, it was Philip, it were all the other, it was anybody who was a part of the church. They didn't see a hierarchy in ministry. Now, there were the men who delivered the word of God, but as far as day-to-day activities and things to do, people to meet, it was the congregation that did it. We've got to go back to that. We're not going to change our world if we don't. He can't do. And he can't be the central individual. It's going to take more. It's got to take us all. But seeing, the biggest step is seeing with your eyes. Just looking for ways to meet a need in somebody's life. You can't walk around with your head down. You can't focus on me, my, mine. We've got to change our outlook. And we can change the world. But uh, back to concrete examples. I told you that Philip was uh, called to go see the eunuch. Um, back in 2000, long time ago and many miles since, uh, myself, Jim Beard, and uh, 17 other guys went to Nicaragua. It was my first trip. Uh, to to visit and meet the Palmers. I had been the year before and stayed in Managua, which is the capital city, and its, it's population is bigger than Birmingham. Okay, it's a big place. Uh, other than the sign, the billboard signs said funny words and stuff I couldn't read, uh, except every now and then. Uh, it was a lot like being here. But this was a different place. Listen, the road we traveled for 90 miles was dirt. 90 miles really was more mud holes potholes and a lot of other things than dirt but it was it was still traveling slow okay 
Well, we we drove and got about halfway there, and there is a bridge. It's called the Sin Sin Bridge. It's, there's a little community that's built around this bridge. It's a small river. At that time, the river wasn't, it was less than Turkey Creek for those in the area that know Turkey Creek, okay? It was a little less. Now, rainy season's a different story there. The gorge that the bridge crossed was at least 80 feet to the ground, so it's high. The... Uh, and I had heard my old Palmer lean over to Jim. She says, I, I heard a rumor this morning or something is, was on that town that there was trouble at the bridge, so y'all be careful. Well, we get there, and we find out there's trouble at the bridge. <clears throat> the, it is built with a suspension system. It goes up, railing over, and then cables coming down. Now, most of y'all are used to that. You've seen suspension bridges with the cables coming down holding this, except <clears throat> when this cable comes down, it's like on to a timber that has another timber laid across and they're separate units. Well, there's uh, there's a, about a six-foot section and then another six-foot section and another six-foot section. They're all, they're, and the only thing tying them together is the drive board, the boards that are across the bridge itself the, that ties them, and that's how it's all tied together, Okay. Well, sometime early that morning or late the evening before, there was a fellow coming along with a mahogany log truck. And it had straight frame on it. It wasn't a tractor trailer. Straight frame truck. But it had about a 25 to 30 foot uh, back section to it. That's what he hauled on. That was the hauling section. Well, <clears throat> loaded down with mahogany logs that ranged from this size to prettiest mahogany i've ever seen in my life and the biggest i've ever seen in my life but uh somehow and my guess is is that he just slowed down to get on the bridge and as he began to ease back off he popped the clutch to go on through the bridge the section separated yeah i i'm the only thing keeping from hitting 80 foot down into the creek was that the back frame caught on the section behind it while the front stage stayed on it. So the, the rear wheels are literally dangling in the way. Jim and I looked for a picture. I wouldn't take any because I didn't want my wife to know what I did that day. But some other people did take some pictures, but unfortunately we couldn't find any. But uh, we had, uh, we were caravan. I said there was a big group of us. We had a, a John Deere tractor that a chicken farmer in South Alabama gave to the Palmers when he retired. And here again, New Testament, y'all catch the notice here. He didn't need it anymore. He gave it to somebody who has impacted the lives of an entire group of people because of something as simple as a tractor. But it was a good size. And so literally we unloaded the tractor. They cut us a makeshift road down to the creek and forded the creek because it's low enough at that time. You could drive across. Got my clothes a little wet, but, hey, everybody got on the other side. Come back up to the other side, and as we get there, Jim kind of pauses, and he says, guys, you see the situation here, and says, uh, they're not going to get a whole lot of help. What he was saying between the lines was, is, hey, guys, we're the only one that's really going to be able to help and fix this situation. Because I had literally seen, I was sitting up there waiting for them to come across Ford River, I was just sitting there in awe of the situation and had watched the military come up, get out 
walk around with their AK-47s and get back on their bus or truck and drive away. Didn't leave anybody there and made no communications. Who knows why? So, <clears throat> good group of guys. They said, hey, we'll do whatever we need to do. Now, we need to be up the road, but, hey, we'll do what we need to do. And so we began to we snapped the chains on this on this load and began to snake it off. I got up there with the truck driver. Now, listen, Nelson can testify to this. When I was 13, 14 years old, my dad had me snaking pulpwood logs from down in the hollers up the hill. Okay, so hooking off, <laughs> hooking uh, everything you can, everything you've ever done in your life can be used. For the kingdom of God, okay, just but we we hooked cable and just drug them off until we got the truck unloaded. Uh, I said I spent that, the the Spanish fellow, the mosquito fellow that was driving the truck. We were standing there together, and he'd go, "Aki." The only thing I understood out of all that was "Aki," and he and I could figure out which log was going next. That's what he was trying to do. It was here. I got here, and we would discuss which log was going next, and that's the word that I had. But we would we literally got the truck unloaded. Jim got the tractor bucket up under it and could ease up. Literally within a foot of being to the end of this thing, the wheels caught on the other side, and the truck driver goes on. He he's able to get loose, get free. So we load back up and we go to Wasp Palm. That's where we were headed. And we spent a week in ministry, and there are multitudes of stories to tell at some other time. And I'm not telling this just to tell a story, okay? It's an event, and I want you to hear. About a year and a half, two years later, um, I wasn't that far between them. The truck driver's daughter became involved with a helper of Jim's called Rafa who has a church that's real close to where the compound is in Puerto Cabezas. The wife began to occasionally visit the church. Eventually, Jim shows up one Sunday morning, and a guy walks up to him, and he says, Hey, I'm... He said, Don't you remember me? And he says, No, I don't think that I do. He says, You helped me unload those logs on the Sensen Bridge. And I just want you to know I've given my life to Christ. It still happens, folks. Uh, I got too much junk in my Bible. (laughs) From that day forward, I've realized that the book of Acts can still be lived out if we will live it out. But we've got to do, as our pastor has told us, to step out in faith. If you go to Puerto Cabezas now and you're on a trip and you need to go somewhere, they have a school bus now. You don't have to ride in the back of a truck anymore. Hey, hallelujah. The guy who drives the bus just may have experience in doing mahogany log work. He's now involved in ministry with Jim. Well, I'm just going to drive a nail in the end of it, okay? I'm not, you're not going to hear another sermon, so don't worry about that. But God, as Roger was saying, God provides us sufficient opportunities for all of us to be missional if we just listen to his voice and if we want to. That's, that's the biggest thing, if we want to. 
All of us encounter moments every day where we can either demonstrate the love of God or we can proclaim it. For some reason, the church has, has gotten to a place where we're only, we think we're only supposed to proclaim. Folks, we're to demonstrate it. We're to do it. That's what Jesus did. When they were hungry, what did he do? He fed them. When they were sick, what did he do? He healed them. When they were blind, he gave them sight. When they were deaf, he gave them uh, ability to hear. All we have to do is learn to look at life around us through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned this a while ago. Jesus didn't come to earth on a mission trip. Okay? Jesus came to earth because in his nature, God is missional. He saw a need. He came to meet it. Every one of us see needs that we can meet every day. We just have to make a decision to do it. I don't want to be a part of a church that just goes on mission trips. Okay? That just does mission projects. Just has ministries. And marks those things off. And, and, and you know, it's the religious thing to do. Because what happens in that kind of church is that a handful of people are the only ones that are doing it. And they're the only ones that get the blessings. I won't be a part of a church where we all see needs. And then we just meet them. We don't call and say, hey, we got a need we need to meet. But we just we do what we can with what we got where we're at. Being missional is just being mission-minded. And by that I mean seeing a need wherever we're at, in everything we do, whether we're at work, whether we're shopping, whether we're walking through our communities in the afternoon or in the mornings, where we're talking with a neighbor over the fence, or we encounter a stranger. Missional just means looking for opportunities to be like Jesus. That's it. That's all we're asking one another to do. You know what? I'm going to be like Jesus today. Which means I'm going to pick my head up from my path that I follow every day and I'm going to look around just a minute. Is there somebody that has a need? Can I meet it? I love what James says. He says in, in James chapter 2, 15 and 16, he says, If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food and and one of you say to them, go in peace, be warmed, and be filled. That's basically, folks, what the church does. <laughs> Yet you don't give them what's necessary for their body. What use is that? Look, I understand we can't meet every need. But here's what we can do. The ones Jesus leads us into, He will give us the resources to meet. Okay? If, 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 if God opens the door for you to meet that need, He'll give you the resources. He'll give us the resources that we need. Our, one of our core beliefs here in this church is, is, is to reach the world with the gospel. But we have to do, to do it, we have to, we have to do it where we're planted. We want to we raise up a new generation of believers who are missional in everything they do. We want it to become a part of our DNA. It's just something, okay, there's a need. You know what? That guy needs some groceries. I go get him $25, $30. I had an opportunity this week, uh, and our church had an opportunity to minister to somebody I'll probably never see. But it was just simple as a box of groceries. You know, you can buy a lot of Vienna sausages. 
You say, well, that's not healthy. You know what? He needs something to eat today. But every person in this room can do something on their street or their cul-de-sac or in their neighborhood, in their community, or in the city that we live or work in. And if, if we do that, we'll see things begin to change. Folks, we have to begin where we're planted. We've got a vision for our, for our world. But you know where that vision for our world starts? It starts in our community. We want to love people in the kingdom of God by showing them the love of Christ as we live and as we serve among them. There are people in this room today, they're in this church because some of us went and ministered or some of you went and ministered to them. Just simple ministry. Picked up limbs, cut bushes, you know, fixed a drippy faucet or electrical plug, something like that. But if we're unwilling to start here, then you know what? We're not going to make much impact in the world. That's just the bottom line. I love what Jesus told his disciples in Acts 1.8. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. Jerusalem's right here where we live. Judea's the area around where we live. Samaria is where none of us want to go. See, the Jews hated the Samaritans. They were their neighbors. They wouldn't have anything to do with them. Jesus says, I want you to go where you live, around where you live, and I want you to go where you don't want to go, and then I want you to go to the uttermost parts of the world. It's interesting that Jesus didn't skip any of those places. He never said to stop at one and skip the others. He said to cover all of them. We don't get to pick our options. We have to follow him. I'm going to close with, with this little story. But last September, as we were coming back from, from Mexico, we stopped uh, to get gas. It was pretty late one night in, on the east side of Dallas. And, and if I mention the name of the area, some of you might know that. And, and I, I, know, I, I know of a pastor that has a large church in that area. It, it was not a nice place, okay? It was a little scary. <laughs> Hadn't been two vans of us. I'd have been a little nervous. And we stopped to get gas, and and they had a they had a, I mean, when a service station or a Jiffy Check, you told them that's how old I am. When they have an armed guard, you know it's probably not a. And they had an armed guard, okay. And and this armed guard was uh, if any of you watch Barney and Andy, he was Andy. I mean Barney. I'm sorry, he was Barney, and he had a gun, and he had more than one bullet. Okay, and he'd tell you so if you'd listen to him. Well, he and I got to talking, and, and I mean, he, he, he said, where y'all been? I said, well, we've been to Mexico. Well, what have you been doing down there? I said, well, we've, we've been on a medical mission trip. He says, why? Why don't you come here? Now, you know, I've heard that before. I've heard that here in this community and communities around it. And I looked around, and from where I was standing, I could see four or five churches. And I know from being in the South, there was, if I could see four or five in a 10-mile radius, there was probably 100. There, there was lots of churches there. And I'm not saying those churches weren't doing what they were supposed to do. But I understand what he was saying. Man, I need some help. <laughs> That's basically what he's saying. My point in saying is, if we're not willing to minister right here, we're not going to make much of an impact 
over there. This is where we start. I understand everybody in this room can't go on a foreign mission trip. I understand that. But everyone in this room can do something right here. And if we'll just do what God gives us to do, folks, we'll be missional. And if we're missional, our community will change. Our church will grow. And God will be glorified. I'm, I'm done, okay? I could go on and on and on. But all we're asking you to do is just share what you can do. And if God divinely opens an opportunity, we're going to try to do it. We're not going to be able to do everything. But we can do something. We're going to ask God to open doors for us just to minister to people, just to love on people. See, we're not doing things for people, we're loving people. That's, that's what changed the first century landscape. There was a group of people that just started to love people for people. They met their needs. And when somebody's needs are met, they will listen to you. Because you know what? Most people are not interested in what's happening at your house or what's wrong with your house or, or if you have a need or not. They're interested in themselves. Folks, we're supposed to be a people who are dead to themselves. We've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we still live. We're just going to ask you to get involved. Okay? Get involved. And let's see what God does. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.